Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Hey guys, how's it going? Everything good? Good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back. It's a rainy, a rainy day when we're recording this. Yeah. For now. Maybe it'll be snowing by the time it actually airs because we're kind of already talking wintery stuff, aren't we? This is going to be yeah. fun. So we thought we'd sort of take a break from the heavy duty news and um, discuss our holiday magazine, which is just coming out on the stands and this is always a fun one it's it represents our last magazine of the year um so then we get our our well-deserved long winter's nap after that um and so we thought it'd be fun just to talk about get everybody sort of jazzed up for the holidays now that the christmas commercials are already airing um even though it's not you know quite thanksgiving yet but so on the controls this week is bill sutton hi bill hey Annette. i'm bill sutton i'm the managing editor of the express news group and also here is Catherine G. Manu, a.k.a. Georgie. Hey, Georgie. Hey, Annette. It's Georgie. I am one of the publishers of the Express News Group. And Brendan O'Reilly is with us. Hiya, Brendan. Hi, everybody. I'm Brendan. I am the deputy managing editor. And I'm Annette Hinkle, and I'm the arts and living editor. And um, this magazine is always kind of a fun one. It is it is sort of odd, though, isn't it, Georgie, sometimes to be you're the editor, official editor of this magazine, trying to like, oh, it's not going to snow before October 10th. So we need to rely on last year's photos. And um, what can we write about this this year and what's happening? And, and is this so tell us about just putting this together and um, some of the challenges that you face as the editor every year. Well, honestly, I mean, we get better at it. I feel like every year, you know, um, Express Magazine, which serves the North and South Forks um, of the East End, um, has been around for over a decade now. Um, It grows every year. I'm always so excited to see that. We have like another record holiday book in terms of the number of editorial pages we were able to produce. And um, we have a lot of advertising support. So I do want to just say quick thanks to our advertisers who have made this magazine, all nine issues that we put out this last year, really successful. Um, so we're really happy about that. But yeah, I mean, like our summer book, which I start planning, you know, as there's still snow on the ground, um, you know, planning ahead is really important for me. And so fortunately, last year around this time, um, I started talking to Dana Shaw, our photo editor um, in particular, about trying to think about some stories in advance. And so that's what I do for the summer book. Um, That's what I do for the holiday book, Um, you know, is try and look at some stories a year out. Um, I always try to keep some stories not planned a year out because, you know, we want the magazine to be relevant to the moment and, you know, things change and new stories pop up. Um, so yeah, I mean, so that's basically the process is I usually go into my magazine meeting, which I think for holiday book we have in September. Um, and hopefully if I've done my job right, we have like three, four stories, about half, you know, the main stories already planned out. Um, you know, and then we just like kind of talk for a while about, you know, the different holidays and the way that we celebrate this book tends to be a little bit more personal, 
Um, you know, we, my husband, Gavin, my co-publisher, and I usually do a food story um, because the holidays are really important to us in our kitchen. Um, so, and like this year, Brendan talked a little bit about some of his wife's family traditions um, around the holidays. So I think we allow ourselves to be, um, you know, a, a little bit more casual with this magazine. Um, and we allow ourselves to kind of be a part of it a little bit more, which is really fun. Because um, I think our readers kind of like to learn about us a little bit. So... Speaking of learning, Brendan, I know that you wrote about your wife, Allison's family, which has a tradition of making Danish butter cookies. Is that right? Yes, Danish butter cookies. And what I found is that they aren't just Danish butter cookies. They are, I can't say almond butter cookies because almond butter is a, mm -hmm. is a thing that you can buy at the store, <laughs> but they are, they are, I think I put it in the magazine as butter <laughs> almond <smart>. cookies. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, so th th there was only two kinds of Danish butter cookies that I've known for the past uh, decade or so. And that is the ones that come in the blue can, which I've known about my whole life. And if you've ever seen the blue tin, uh, you've probably opened it up before at your grandparents' house and were really disappointed when there were sewing supplies inside. How does everybody do that? I do that too. I mean, it's storage, man. It lasts I know, know, but why? Yeah, I, no. I see that yeah. tin, and I swear to God, I can taste in my mouth right now what one of the actual cookies tastes like. It's like it printed uh, in my memory. <laughs> so when I met my wife and started spending the holiday season with her family, very quickly came onto the scene was the butter cookies by Miney, and Miney is the name of Allison's Danish grandmother. Uh, Miney is a, a nickname that, you know, the the oldest cousin of all the grandchildren came up with and nobody's really sure why, but it stuck. So they don't call her grandma. They call her Miney. So it occurred to me that if we need a dessert story for the magazine, there's something to be said about Miney's Danish butter cookies. And then when I started researching butter cookie recipes versus her recipe, what I discovered was it's actually unique and rare that she includes almonds in her butter cookies. If you just look up a Danish butter cookie recipe to try to make what's in those cans, there are no almonds involved. And the thing that I thought was really interesting about it was that Miney would actually use a meat grinder from Scandinavia to grind up the almonds. Wow. And the recipes actually evolved over time. And in speaking with Miney's uh, daughter, Beth, uh, she doesn't use the meat grinder on the almonds themselves. She'll just use a blender. We found it's really easy to use a food processor. You want to get them little tiny crumbs. You don't want almond flour, just little tiny crumbs. And Miney would actually uh, blanch and skin the almonds herself, which means handling hot almonds and you know burning your fingers. I went to the baking aisle and I found slivered almonds that come pre-blanched. You don't have to take the skins off. So I would definitely go that route. And <laughs> uh, instead of putting them through a meat grinder, we put them through a food processor. But then there is a point when the meat grinder comes back in and there's a cookie attachment you get. So you put the dough, which has been refrigerated overnight into the meat grinder, a chunk at a time. And then it goes through a cookie press attachment. And that's how you get uh, the flat dough, which makes little log shaped cookies, or you get um, this other kind of star crown shape and you turn it into like a little round wreath shaped cookie. Mm. So 
if you just try to use a rinky-dink plastic cookie press, you're probably going to break that cookie press because you're putting in rock hard dough that came out of the fridge. Mm. That's why you want a serious meat grinder. We just have a, a KitchenAid with an attachment where, whereas Miney has a meat grinder that came from Scandinavia uh, and had cookie press attachments that came from Scandinavia. And her husband was a, an engineer. So he actually would jerry rig stuff when it didn't fit or when it broke. And, uh, you know, there were C clamps involved to hold things down on the table. Science of making cookies. I love it. (laughs) So why is it, why is this Danish in particular? Is it like, just because they have, I mean, I know the Danish are big in their dairy products. Is it just like, because there's a lot of butter involved or. Yeah. It's gotta be the butter. That's gotta be why the Danish people love these cookies and why they came up with them. Uh, I couldn't really find a reason why Allison's family incorporated almonds in the recipe other than that's how Miney's mother taught her to do it. And that's how Miney's mother's mother taught her to do it. So everybody in the family follows that recipe. But one of the jokes is every time we find a copy of the recipe, it's different. (laughs) So, you know, some of the recipes say a teaspoon of almond extract. Some of them say a tablespoon. Uh, We ended up using two tablespoons of almond extract. Uh, which seemed to be the recommendation. And then the temperature is always different because these things are super easy to burn. And if you're using like a confection oven rather than a conventional oven, you're going to burn them if you leave them in the oven for more than like nine minutes. So are you now an honorary Dane because you have adopted uh, your wife's family's um, cookie recipe? I don't know if I could take enough credit for that because I, you know, my wife uh, did most of the recipe herself. I did the the cutting of the cookies, we had to cheat because we couldn't find the cookie press attachment. Mm. So we had to roll out the dough and just do, uh, you know, cookie cutters. Um, I used uh, some Star Wars cookie cutters. So we had some Yoda Danish <laughs> butter cookies. And no, then, that uh, is Danish. Uh, <laughs> we know. And then some cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like Miney, like did she use a recipe at a certain point? Like I know like with my grandma and some of the stuff that became traditional in her kitchen, it was like there was like if you asked her for a recipe, she would like jot something down that was like in her brain, but it all just like kind of came together. She didn't really work off an actual recipe with a lot my, of the- my, my grandmother when when asked and she used to make the best chocolate chip cookie she says I can't give you a recipe because I can't write down how it feels in my hand and she would feel you know how much flour or how much you know sugar or whatever was just a handful to her she knew how it how it felt she had been doing it so long and made so many cookies that that there was no recipe I mean she could tell you what was in the cookie but not not how much to put in it although so she said I don't know maybe she just didn't want to share interesting because it kind of ties in with another story that's in the holiday book which is about the women from the greek orthodox church in southampton who make um they have their cookie sale uh where they they make tons and tons of of greek pastries that they sell in front of the um post offices around here but um in that story it's sort of the same thing where it's sort of like they were kind of forced to write down recipes that maybe were not really written down before but because they're making such mass quantities and doing almost like a an assembly line 
pastry making method that they, they had to kind of start writing things down. Right. Yeah. And it's like this big group effort. I mean, and we've all benefited from this group effort year after year. And I'm devastated that this year, I guess, Kaylin Riley, who did this story for us, um, brought a tray of these amazing Greek pastries um, into the Southampton office. Um, Yes, she did. You know, it was so sweet because I've always wanted us to do a story on this because for years, you know, they would come by the newspapers and I'm sure other businesses that had supported the Greek church in Southampton. Um, and they would every holiday season bring us a tray of cookies. And um, and it was like something we all looked forward to. So that was our favorite, our favorite gift of favorite all. 100%. Um, and then we also, we just decided to double down on cookies once Brendan <laughs> got us rolling. Um, so to speak. So to speak. And we figured out that we wanted to highlight um, the Greek pastries as well. We also went around and basically assembled what we called a cookie grid. And it's a couple of pages of different cookies, holiday um, inspired in some cases, some just like delicious cookies that you can find on the North and South Forks. So if you're looking for a little sweet treat to give someone, um, definitely flip to the back of the holiday book and get some inspiration from the local bakers out here. Like. I feel like I have to plan ahead now, Georgie. Are you? I know a lot of times you invite people to come over and, and do a cookie baking session at your house. So I want to figure out if that's something you're doing and if I could show up with my daughter when she's home from college. Yeah, so that's definitely a tradition we have. I'm not sure if I've written about it in the holiday book, but on the table of contents page, I think, is a picture from last year's one of our sessions. And um, we do, we we do probably three different weekends of um, holiday baking. Um, we usually do about 10, eight to 10 cookie recipes per year. We have some that like we always go to like the peanut butter thumbprint with the Hershey kiss. Like I love oh, those are so good. <laughs> I'm going to bring some in for you, Bill. Um, but yeah, like we, and we do like a traditional, you know, Christmas cookie that the kids decorate. And so my kids will bring their friends into our kitchen and we make these big trays of cookies and we bring them. I'm sure we brought some to the office, but I also bring them to, there's a handful of neighbors that are here with us year round on my street in Springs. And we bring them all a tray of holiday cookies. Um, so it's, it's like just a nice way to get into the season, you know, and, and to like get into that like spirit of giving like really early um, in December. So yeah, I love that tradition. And yes, you and Sophie can 100% come and bake cookies with us we let's make a plan so bill are you a baker no <laughs> short answer no <laughs> um i i mean i can i can bake out of a box and and stuff if i if i if i needed to um you know a tray of <laughs> brownies or whatever but no i'm i'm a a baked goods uh consumer <laughs> <laughs> i believe would, would be the term um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just me at home. So it, it would be kind of, um, um, you know, it, it just seems like a lot to bake for just me. Although yeah. I guess I could take a, a page out of uh, Georgie's book and kind of bake something and spread it around, but yeah. try to make nice with the neighbors that you don't talk to. <laughs> 
but it's true you know it's like you don't you don't really see your neighbors that much like that's probably that's a nice idea like to try to like you know i mean i don't know about you guys but i know where we live it's sort of like there's no sidewalks there's no street lights and there's no like over the fence talking to the neighbors because we're all on you know more than an acre of property so i feel like i you know i see the lights in the woods but i don't really know my neighbors so maybe maybe leaving a little package of cookies on their porch would go a long way toward i had a next door neighbor that that was um dubbed cake boy and he used to bring me slices of of cake all the time at very odd times um (laughs) throughout the year um but it was it was a really very nice gesture and he has since moved but uh cake boy used to bring me cake all the time it was his mother's recipe didn't reciprocate by putting any cookies on his porch so he had to leave the neighborhood see i guess i i I drove him away oh that's sad I do have to say, we do have a really special street that we live on, this little street in Springs. I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want stalkers, but but it's a nice street. Like there's a lot of year round families here. And so when we moved here, I remember the day we moved into our house um, about seven years ago, like we had like three different neighbors from the street, like come over to introduce themselves to us. And, um, you know, there's definitely like a nice community feeling. And so we like to contribute to that. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not all that friendly over here. I mean, we're antisocial, but you know, times to be social yeah and and the holidays happen to be one of those times for better well that's a good question you know after after two years of COVID does this feel like I mean was last year were we all still a little bit nervous about um because I feel like I came over to visit you last year around this time and we would only sit outside you know um have your little heater on out there but I didn't come in your house I don't think and my son got COVID um, at the end of December last year. And then we had what we thought might've been COVID, um, but we weren't testing um, in early January. Um, and and it was like, everything kind of, I don't know if you guys remember, it's been kind of a whirlwind these last few years, but everything kind of was starting to like, not lock down completely, but we were seeing like another surge and, um, and, it was-, and it was that weird surge. Cause it was like, it was most, most of the, the symptoms were very mild, like almost like cold symptoms and so stuff it was a, like that. It was a new variant, right? It was. Yeah. Yes. So are we feeling like we don't have to worry about that so much this year? Although, I mean, they are talking about it, you know, there being the, the, the triple pandemic of, you know, flu and COVID and other things out there. Do we, are we feeling more comfortable this year about it all? I feel a little bit more comfortable. I mean, last year we did do um, a family Thanksgiving um, at my mom's house and there was a decent number of people there. Um, Again, I think Thanksgiving came before like all of a sudden this like Mm -hmm. spike started in like mid-December, end of December. Um, And so therefore like our, we usually do, we host Christmas Eve dinner at our house and it's usually my mom and my dad, um, Michael Heller, who now resides in Greece would traditionally join us as well. Um, And my mother-in-law, occasionally my aunt and uncle. And last year it was just my mother-in-law who lives with us and us um, still, like it wasn't, we didn't have a big Christmas Eve um, dinner. We did get together with a couple of family members 
very briefly on Christmas Day, but everything was, you know, definitely really muted. I'm hopeful this year we plan to go to Delaware to celebrate Thanksgiving with Gavin's family. And I'm really hopeful this year that Christmas, you know, will be a time where we can get together with our family and friends again without that concern. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Cordoraro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks, brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books. Independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. Carrying a wide selection of new books, stationery, toys, games, first editions, and rare books. Their entire inventory is browsable on the website, SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations. Think of how weird it is for your kids, especially for Charlie, who's still such a little guy and has already, like a lot of his recent Christmases have been bizarrely not traditional in a weird way because you're not seeing the same people you usually do, right? Yeah. I mean, he's like in that weird generation of kids that were like in kindergarten. So like socially when COVID hit, so socially, you know, they just are like really inexperienced with lots of things from like play dates to big family holidays. Um, I mean, but I think we try in the house and I think a lot of parents, you know, have done this during COVID. If you have young kids, you just do everything you can to even make the small things like special. I'm a big traditionalist. So like there are things that we do every year during the holidays that I make like a big deal out of. Um, and we made them even bigger deals. Um, the kids have definitely had a lot more presents under the tree. Oh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's, you know, if you ask my son, has he felt like robbed by Chris? He's going to be like, these have been awesome Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, we, we have missed the family stuff and the getting together with friends and the community events, which you started to see trickle back last year, which is really nice. Um, you know, whether it's the lighting of the tree in Sag Harbor, um, you know, the lighting of the menorah on Long Wharf as well, which is like a really lovely um, evening that the Agosi family um, supports through Temple Adas Israel. So all of those things have, you know, started to come back last year. And I think they're going to be even bigger this year, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, so what else, so uh, what else was in the holiday book that you, some other stories that you thought were really insightful and interesting? So I'm actually looking at my story list because I don't actually have a copy of it yet because I will, I'm expecting to get my hands on the print copy on Monday. I'm really excited. So we have Hannah Selinger, who is a food writer. She writes a column in every express magazine that's a travel column and so she actually is taking us out to utah so if you're you know interested in exploring utah she's got some really good suggestions there and so that's really fun but hannah also helped us out holiday book 
doing a little bit of a piece on champagne for the holiday season. And she's talked with a winemaker up at Lens on the North Fork. So she talked to him about what to expect from, you know, their array of sparkling wines this year. It can't be called champagne because it's not from the champagne region. And then we also like looked at other vineyards locally and what they're producing. So that was really fun. We always do an ornament grid, which is one of my favorites because we work pretty closely with Martyrs in Bridgehampton, which for our listeners, like if you have not gone to the Martyrs Garden Shop during the holiday season, like you are missing out. It's a great garden shop. They've got really cool, quirky gifts and their ornaments are unique and like diverse. So Lori Hawkins shot most of that. And, and the real, and the real Santa is there at Martyrs, right? I mean, that's the real Santa. Do they do Santa at Martyrs? I believe so. It's the real Santa. Oh yeah. Oh, huh? real Santa. I would believe <laughs> that. Santa. I mean, if I was going to visit any, you know, holiday yeah. shop on the South Fork, um, it would probably be that one. Or East Hampton Gardens, um, for those in East Hampton, is another really yeah. great holiday shop. They like really go all out. So Kaylin Riley, actually, in addition to the ornament grid, she went last year and spent a lot of time at their holiday open house at Martyrs. And Michael Heller was not yet in Greece, and he went and um, photographed that again last year. And so Kaylin has a piece on that. So you can kind of just like get a little taste of that um, before you head out to do your holiday shopping. Um, and then we also had the amazingly talented Joseph Shaw write about his hot buttered rum recipe um, which is not, it doesn't have to be alcoholic, which was kind of interesting. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you could like forego the rum part of hot buttered rum, but apparently just called hot butter, hot butter in a glass. Um, and Joe actually worked on this last year as well. And, um, I, I know I benefited from a little container of hot buttered rum. Um, I haven't had it yet. How is it? You like it? It was good. It was, it was a little, um, it's a little sweet for my personal tastes. Um, so you have to add more rum. Like, I used rum. Um, it definitely tasted like the season though. Um, well, it's interesting because I, I was looking at that recipe and it, it actually has ice cream in it. And you kind of freeze it. And so you give it to people cold and it's just basically like a little jar you keep in your freezer. And then when you want it, you just do a couple teaspoons or tablespoons of it in a mug, add hot water and more rum. And you've got like a thing, right? Yep. Concoction. Yep. And we've, and we've done some other holiday beverages. I feel like you wrote about mulled wine one year. Mm -hmm. um, and glug. I think I did the glug. Glug, which is Yes. The Scandinavian <laughs> drink of the holidays. It's pretty potent. That Aqua V stuff too, I think is in it. I think they put some of that. Sometimes that's in there. I don't, I don't think know. I have ever had glug. I don't even think, I don't think I got to try any when we wrote about it. No. I don't, I don't know what glug, what, what is glug? I, it's, I guess it's kind of, I'm trying to remember, is it kind of like a mulled wine? But it has maybe some more like more like spirity stuff in it. Uh, I can't remember a lot of it. A lot of it is it is like mold wine. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of fruit and like you know preserved fruit and stuff in mm. it. 
I don't remember, but it's next year. I want to do like some mocktails. Um, Because I thought something that we've been like jumping into a little bit more as we live healthier lives is we, but like you still want to have fun and, but you don't need alcohol for that. Um, I feel like next year we need to delve into holiday mocktails. What do you think? Mm -hmm. That could be done. I mean, you know, I guess a lot of this is just about surviving the cold winter nights, you know, so. (laughs) Right. Um, So then some other stuff just to look forward to in the book um, that I want to point out is um, Kaylin did another piece on the lighting of the vines at Wolfer Vineyard, um, which is a really beautiful thing they do every year. And they also do this reef auction where artists um, and other creative types come together and they design these incredible reeds. And that's all auctioned off in support of the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreation Center. Um, We always try to highlight at least one nonprofit in our holiday book. And so we kind of use the lighting of the vines and Wolfer's continued support of that really essential nonprofit in Bridgehampton, um, you know, to kind of dig into what they're doing. So what's the date for the vine, the vine lighting? I'm going to have to look that up really quick, but I know I have it right here. Is it December 2nd? Yes, it is Friday, December 2nd. Um, you know, and, and you can get tickets. I'm not sure when this particular podcast is airing, but tickets are available. And again, you're supporting just this really essential nonprofit, the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreation Center that, you know, provides educational opportunities after school programming, um, you know, all of these essentials for children of the greater Bridgehampton area. Um so you can like go out and have this great night and have a lot of fun and look at these beautiful wreaths and check out the vines um, and know, you know, you're also doing something really good for the community. So you can get tickets at Wolfer, um, is it Wolfer, Wolfer, Wolfer.com? Is that their website? Go to. Sorry. Um, yeah. So you can get them at Wolfer, um, at the Wolfer website, but you can also get them at the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreation Center website, which is bhccrc.org. Um, and take some time and check out their site and see what they're doing. They're definitely an organization we're supporting. Um, so then we have some other like little things like popped in there. We have, um, you know, a, a, a potato latke recipe from Charlotte Sasso, um, the former owner of Stewart Seafood in Amagansett, definitely an iconic seafood store. She is a member of the Jewish Center of the Hamptons. Um, so that's a fun little thing we have in there. Um, Gavin and I um, wrote a piece about our Thanksgiving gravy, which for us is the most important thing on the Thanksgiving table is the gravy. Um, We even roast an entire turkey the day before Thanksgiving to build the gravy. (laughs) Wow. That because you've run out before is that the problem is sometimes the bird just doesn't make enough juice well they haven't run out on my dime i'll tell you that much but no, no. <laughs> i mean is that the, is that the fear that was induced to make you do the turkey the fear night of it yes is the reason we started doing that well we also found when we were doing these larger thanksgivings we don't ever do them in our house but we are usually cooking wherever we're going so whether it's at my mom's house or down at his sister's house we're usually the ones in the kitchen Um, And we found that the large groups of people coming together for Thanksgiving, people leave at the end of the night. 
And I always thought like how devastating it would be to not have a Thanksgiving turkey sandwich the next day, right? Right. One of the reasons we did the turkey the day before was because it created more juice for our essential gravy but also we would make um like little tupperware packs of sliced turkey so that everybody going home from thanksgiving was going home with some turkey so that everybody was like guaranteed that's a fantastic idea so so the turkey that you roasted the night before though is that just your run-of-the-mill grocery store frozen turkey and then the really good one is the one Or do you get two really good turkeys from the farms? Get two really good turkeys. Okay, just wonder. It's one day a year that. I mean, this is okay. I just wonder. It's a double dip on the bird. (laughs) Just want to to confirm that next time I go home with baggage in your house. This year we'll be getting our turkeys. Um, you know, in Delaware, um, my sister-in-law's already ordered them from a farm. But traditionally, we get ours from North Sea Farms. Um, but like Art Ludlow over at Meacox Bay Dairy has turkeys. A lot of the local Iacono Farm, I'm pretty sure, does turkeys. That's in East Hampton. Um, it'll be too late probably by the time this comes out to order. I don't know. That's yeah. You're probably right because this will probably come out on the um, 17th. So. Yeah, if you don't have your bird ordered by then, you may you may be doing the keep calling frozen frozen bird route. Hi, this is Ellen Duogardi. I'm the director of events for the Express News Group. I'm also the president of the Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce. Community really matters to all of us at this company. I know it's a good part of why I'm here. We've hosted more than 50 of our Express Sessions events in Southampton, East Hampton, and Sag Harbor, focusing on issues that matter most to residents of the East End. We bring the most important government and community leaders and topic experts together in one room, and we often find answers to complicated questions, and we grow stronger together. This all takes staff time and company resources, but it's our job, and I'm happy to say we really love our work. But we can't do it without our subscribers. If this kind of community work is important to you, you can support it by becoming a subscriber. To subscribe, visit 27east.com slash subscribe. And thank you. So yeah, I mean, there's this, I think we're covering all of the holiday bases. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of um, stories featuring some businesses, but then like a lot of personal stuff is in there. And um, it kind of makes this being the last magazine a really nice one to put together. It's a like kind of a cozy experience. And, um, you know, like I loved reading about Brendan's um, wife's grandmother's cookie recipe. I mean, that was just so cool. And, you know, it's these like stories that we develop in our individual houses mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of like last the test of time, I think when it comes to the holidays, it's like really not actually about the presents under the tree. It's kind of like everything sure, around it, right? Yeah. yeah. I just can't believe that Thanksgiving's like coming up in another week or two, you know, yeah. shocking how quick it all came. I think. But... Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Bill, are there good places up in Riverhead to get um, fresh turkeys? Oh, I, I imagine there are. I I don't um, I don't know of any, but you have to go to, and we we talk about it all the time. the The big thing in, in Riverhead is the is the turnips at the Modern Snack Bar, which you can you can get when you you go in to eat there, or they do a tremendous takeout order for the holidays. You can buy them um, by huge packages. They sell thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of of uh, mashed turnips um, every year. And they are just- You have to order ahead, like you do the turkeys or can you I, just show I, up? I, I think you, it depends on how late it gets in, in the year. Um, I think you can kind of just walk in and and get them. But if you're smart, you call ahead and uh, 
and, and do that. And they're just, I, I've never, I don't know what it is about them. I've never tasted anything uh, like them. And I'm not a huge turnip guy, um, but those turnips are just fantastic. So Georgie, have you had them? I haven't. I actually am wondering if I don't absolutely need to drive oh, to the North Fork and get some and bring them down to Delaware because I I keep hearing about them. Um, and we did have a piece in last year's holiday book, just a short piece. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, that did did talk about those. Um, but I feel like we need to do like a deeper dive into it, and that's going to start with a road trip to the North Fork. Let me know if you go up there because yes. you want to. I'll pick you up some. Okay. And also another tip for North Forkers, um, and you could do this for any of the holidays, um, the Cooperage Inn, and we wrote about this in the first book in 2022, the spring uh, magazine, early spring magazine, they do these pot pies. They have a short rib pot pie, a chicken pot pie. I think they have a vegetable one too, and a turkey pot pie. They are unbelievable and they are so good and so you can you go up there they have like a to-go window you can get small like individual ones or you can get like a family size pie I feel like when I go up um I will like just buy like a few of them for my freezer and they, they do come frozen so you can store them in your freezer and they are fantastic and the turkey pot pie literally you feel like you're eating Thanksgiving dinner wow nice that sounds lovely it's so. really good. and they have some like good dessert pies too but i mean the savory pot pies i'm pretty sure they're like kind of a phenomenon up there okay maybe we need to do a road trip then i'm on it pick up some turnips and some yeah. pot pies yeah office party there you go yeah got it <laughs> oh, no, it always comes down to the food i'll bring i'll bring cookies <laughs> excellent excellent very good. So I think we covered the subject pretty well. I think. Is there anything else you want to add? No, just, you know, pick up the holiday book, you know. And it's out on stands on. It's going to be available on the 17th of November. If you are a, an Express subscriber, it is inserted into the newspaper, but we also put them freestanding at locations across the North and South Fork. Um, like I said, record breaker this year. It's a big book. Um, lots to dig into this holiday season. Nice. All right. So we'll see you at the Santa's light up of the, they're doing that again though, right? Are they doing, are they back up, Santa back up at Bay Street this year for Sag Harbor? Well, um, Long Wharf, you mean. Yeah. Oh, he, he, cause he used to go in Bay street, but they're not doing that inside stuff anymore. Yeah. I think it's still going to be, um, it's still going to be outside. So light up the Harbor is going to be on December 3rd. Um, and that's when we light the John a ward Memorial windmill and the big Christmas tree, um, right at the foot of long wharf. And then Santa is actually going to be coming to town or village as the case may be in Sag Harbor on December 10th. Um, and as usual, he will be ferried into town courtesy of the Sag Harbor Volunteer Fire Department. He comes in on the fire truck and um, will be meeting with children to hear about their Christmas wishes, which is exciting. And then, and then there's also the um, the Santa Parade in Southampton, and there's usually a holiday parade in East Hampton as well, right? You have the Parade of Lights. Um, in South, which is which is always fantastic. That's in Southampton Village. 
That's in Southampton Village. And then East Hampton also hosts its own Santa Parade. Um, and all of these things are back, which is really fun. Yeah. So get some hot buttered rum and go stand on the corner and wait to wave to Santa. Eat some turnips. And eat some turnips. After your pot pie. And feed them to the reindeer. I bet those reindeer would love those turnips. They can't have my turnips, man. Those are for me. (laughs) 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.